This is CliffCentral.com. Here's a powerful thing, and it's got a lot of firepower. If you can figure out a way to wrestle that fear, to push you from behind rather than stand in front of you, that's very powerful. Multiplying leadership, moving society the millennial way. You don't want to end up going after goals and dreams and neglect yourself. Welcome to the Youth Leadership Platform with your host, Bongani Dao. Take control. Take control of your city. This is the instrument of your liberation. See, old friend, I brought more soldiers than you did. All right, just like that, we are live. Welcome to the Youth Leadership Platform with your host, Bongani Tao. Follow the conversation on at Simply Bongani on any social media and at Youth Leadership Platform on Facebook, YLP Cliff Central on Twitter and Instagram. Today we are speaking to people that want to start businesses, people that need help understanding what it means to be an entrepreneur, what it means to run a sustainable business, what are the elements that go into that, what kind of help is available for people like that in, in, in South Africa, and obviously speaking to um, what we are known for, which is leadership. We're going to get into the five um Thoughts on what authentic leadership is with our guest today. Um, the first guest that we have today comes from a very innovative and progressive um, hub uh, that is situated in Midrand and is called the River Sands Incubation Hub, currently housing over well, plus minus over 170 um, different businesses from retail to production to air travel media and yeah basically any industry that you that you that you can think of and what these entrepreneurs are getting from this uh, particular hub is the back end that's that's very key um so that's your accounting your management skills and and they outsource a lot of help for them and the space itself um it's it's very lively. I got a chance to go and visit the space and I found myself in a creative space that has a cafeteria, that has a big open space to host events and all these different elements that will help any entrepreneur like myself to be able to exist and to be able to thrive within the business context, obviously leveraging on some of the other businesses that exist within the space itself. Without any further ado, I will introduce our studio guest today, and that is Tafadzwa Molawidzi. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Bongani. Uh, you've done a pretty good job highlighting. <laughs> you should be our salesperson, actually, come to think of it. Wow. Wow. No, no. Thanks for having me, uh, Bongani. I'm really glad that you... Uh, gave us the opportunity to actually speak on this particular platform. Sure. I think it's directly related to what it is that we're trying to achieve as River Sands Incubation Hub. I think let's start first with um, our segue segment, which is the backstory, and, and get to understand Tafadzwa as a person before we start getting into the nitty-gritties of today's topic and, and, and dialogue. Uh, well, okay, so where do I start? Well, 
Look, I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. I okay. mean, entrepreneurship generally wasn't something new to me. My father, when, when I was like five years old, decided to go into entrepreneurship. So I grew up in an environment where there wasn't a monthly check coming in. It was my father was up and down 24-7. So entrepreneurship was the norm to me. Sure. Um, it seems to be very different now. Seems like now people are coming into it. It's trending. It's the hype thing. But for me, it has been the norm. It's not like we had at the 25th of every month, mommy and daddy are getting paid. So I sure, go around. Sure. that wasn't me. So I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family, which was relatively different for a black family at that okay. point in time. A lot of people would probably go for formal employment. Sure. So that was me. Um, my father as an entrepreneur was a very hard man. Um, he was... Probably trying, and as I look back now, I used to think it was cruel, was trying to build a leader. Um, he would force me to, to watch the news at uh, 8 o'clock every day yeah. and ask me a number of questions from news to try and figure out what it is exactly they were saying. So I was groomed to actually try and start running businesses or being a, an employer, let's put it that way, sure. to be a leader of the people. I don't know whether I am. I would like to believe I hope I am. But, I mean, the um, position you hold now <laughs> speaks well, to... <laughs> I mean, Chief Operations Office of River Sands Incubation, COO, a lot of people attach. I'm not big on titles. Okay. Um, I acknowledge and why, accept why, why is that? Why is that? I think it, it brings a lot of stereotypes associated with it. And okay. they would assume that now you drive a big car and you've got all these responsibilities and your job is to linger around and tell people what to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, remember, Riversands Incubation up to a large extent is also a startup and being a chief operations officer or chief of any form for a non-profit organization, um, an organization to a large extent that's fairly new, you realize that my role to a large extent is to try and manage everything. Sure. So, um, I don't feel that titles are important because mm-hmm. it puts you in a position where you feel you have to behave in a certain way, which mm. is not directly aligned mm. to what is required mm. by the organization. Mm. So I string, feel strongly about I am an individual. Yes, my title is COO, and I have that responsibility, but I'm not big on the title. Hmm. That's me. So, do you want me yes. to carry on? Yeah, yeah sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> As I was about um, to say, I made you digress there for a minute. <laughs> so, um, look, um, obviously, growing up, I wouldn't say I was necessarily entrepreneurial. Okay. I was exposed to it. Um, school from an academic side of things, I then started focusing a lot more on your nonprofit organizations, social economic issues. So that's what I did when it comes to, let's say, university. Okay. Um, I was big on trying to look at ways of helping people. That was my biggest thing. And because I had a link to entrepreneurship and business, I did a combination of NGO-orientated work and economics okay. um, with a link or to a leaning towards small business development. Mm-hmm. So this is how I got into this space. Um, I did my own entrepreneurial endeavors. I still do to a certain extent right now. Um, and I failed and succeeded in it. I think one of the biggest criteria of an entrepreneur is if you haven't failed yet, you, there's, you're going to have to learn how to fail and deal with failure. Sure. Um, so, look, it has brought about a lot of opportunities on my end. I have been privileged enough to work with a number of organizations. And now I'm actually privileged enough to be the chief operations officer of uh, Relatively big, large-scale incubator, sure, um, which is fairly new and is growing up, and we're learning. And I feel really excited about the energy that's there, yeah. and so much more we can do. We're not naive to the fact that we can do more and should be doing more. So, yeah, that's in a very large, very broad <laughs> stroke of me. Yeah, um, as from from the businesses that you started and they failed, what what are, what are two highlight lessons that you learned from there? That have cultivated, uh, 
rather helped you in, 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 in building now successful business and being a better person at running a business? Okay, so the first thing is numbers. Okay. Um, I realized very quickly that the bottom line is profit. Sure. Right? Um, we've got a tendency right now of blending things with job creation. And yes, which is all true. But sure. let's be honest with each other. The reason why you're starting a business is because you need to make money or you want to make money. Mm-hmm. That's business. So I learned very quickly that if you don't understand your numbers, if you don't understand how you're making profit, if you're making profit, how you're going to make profit, you're wasting your time. Hmm. Numbers, data actually dictate the decisions you actually make because hmm. the bottom line is numbers. So that was hmm. the biggest lesson I learned because you get infatuated with the aspect of I'm running a business. I'm a business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. Sure. And you're bragging to your friends. Sure. When you're an entrepreneur running a business, that's making a loss. Hmm. And then you start asking yourself, and, well, well, how does that benefit you in any way? It doesn't yeah. benefit you. So you're sure. actually just doing with the bragging rights when in actual fact, you're not running anything. And you'd be surprised how many people I meet who, if you were to see them on TV, for example, <laughs> are running businesses. But if you were to look at their numbers, running them to the ground, there isn't really a business. Sure. They're just saying they're running a business. So look, it's, it's neither here or there. It's, this is one thing that I learned. The other thing was humility. Okay. Um, when you're starting a business, a lot of people will, let's say you employ people. Sure. You want to act the boss. Yes, there are times to act the boss, but there are times where you have to humble yourself and do the things on the ground. Mm. If it means you picking up dishes every single day to make things happen and make you yourself make more money, sure. and that's what's required at that moment in time, sure. then you need to do that. We've got a tendency of wanting to portray ourselves or the link with entrepreneurship and small business is very glamorous. Sure. People who are really running businesses will tell you the truth. It's not a glamorous journey. It eventually could get there, Mm -hmm. right? But it's hard. Entrepreneurship, someone could argue that is probably the one of the hardest professions, if not the hardest profession out there. Mm. Um, People could argue with me on that one, but it is, right, in my view. So these were the two lessons that I learned. And I think it has dictated the direction that I take in terms of my life and how I approach myself and the way in which I treat people Mm. with an element of humility. And I use data and the numbers as a way to dictate the direction or the decisions that, that I you make, make, not only for myself, but also for my family and also at work. As well. hmm. Transitioning into now the, the hub itself and, and, and what it promises to do and what it's already doing for, 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 for entrepreneurs. Take us through that. So what, what's, what's the structure like? What's the, the environment like? And what are, what, what are some structures and systems that you have in place for different ent- entrepreneurs that want to come into the space. Okay, so let me run through this because I could do, spend whole day doing this. But, um, <laughs> so let me try and put it quickly. Sure. Um, so Riverside Incubation Hub is based just after Danefin, right? Okay. So you, you're going along William Nicole, and it's a huge, large-scale platform. The most prolific offering we have probably is our premises, okay. right? which are ranging from your 50 meters squared all the way up to your 200 meters squared. Sheesh. Now, the way we've structured it is that it's ideal specifically for entrepreneurs. So you're going to get the premises at probably market rate for premises. You're looking at about 120 rand per square meter. Sure. At River Sands Incubation Hub, you're looking at on average 60 rand per square meter. So it's That's highly half. subsidized, yeah. half the price. Yeah. So it's structured in that way. In addition to that, you know, when you're getting commercial property, you're going to get yourself into a long-term lease. It's very difficult for you to get short-term leases. Now, when you're a startup, you don't know what's going to happen. There's yeah. high levels of uncertainty. So the risk way we structured well. it, yeah, risk is there sure. as well. So the way we structured it is that you can actually say, listen, I don't know what's going on. I need to cut down. I need to scale down. I need to get rid of premises. I don't need it anymore. My business is not at, the, I need one month's notice and we'll let it go. 
So it's structured for you to be it's it allows you to be fluid and flexible, okay. right? And doesn't hold you to a commitment that you don't know whether you're going to be able to meet in the next two years. Ah, I see. So the idea is to make it a fluid, flexible environment for yourself. So that's probably our most prominent. Then besides the premises, we've got your back office support, which is your HR, finance, um, your legal support, which we provide, right? Consulting types, uh, structures, uh, that are free. To a large extent. Currently, we've been focusing on on-campus businesses and we've been working with them. There are currently about 168 businesses taking on premises. But as you said, there's probably about 180 businesses that we're actually working with, which are not necessarily taking on, on premises. On, on the premises. So you can actually take on these, uh, these services at no cost. We're looking at actually slowly expanding our offering to businesses that are not necessarily on, on campus. Then you've got your marketing assist, which is market visibility. So market visibility, for example, which is one element of marketing, is we try and bring as much exposure of what the businesses that are here on campus to the corporate world. So we've got a conferencing facility on campus Mm -hmm. as well, which we would like to believe is a world-class conferencing facility. (laughs) And we bring in, we've had a number of events, which we bring in a number of corporates. So we're trying to get as much exposure to these businesses from the corporate side of things in terms of ESD, which is your enterprise supply development mm. arrangements, which we also try and facilitate supply chain arrangements, which we also try and facilitate, get as much exposure. So there's market access, market visibility, and also access to the tools that will allow you to actually do the marketing. So we've, for example, we've got an in-house designer who, if you want to do a very basic, let's say, the basic things in marketing, which is create a logo, for example. Sure. We can design that with a professional designer who's in-house. Mm. So these are the type of things, just a broad sp- Stroke on what it is that we offer These are the things that we're putting on the table Growth and learning is something that we're also building on Which is your workshops, your guest lectures Your mentorship, your coaches Which are available And we're looking at scaling that to offering it as many people as possible So it's all work in progress And how do you, how do entrepreneurs Excuse me How do entrepreneurs then access um, This? So I think the first point of call would be Come, first of all, and talk to us. I mean, it's, we've got physical space. It's not like it's virtual. I mean, it's good for you to come and see the platform. We've got a number of guest lectures that we offer out to the, to the community generally, and you can access that on our website okay. as well. Um, what, what, what's the website? Website is www.riversandsihub.co.za. So if you go to our website, you'll see what's available there. You can also apply for premises on our website. So everything can be accessed virtually on our website, but you can also come by and have a conversation. And I think that's really what we encourage people to do. Come and actually have a conversation. That's what the facility is there for. Well, thank you very much for that. So mm-hmm. smoothly now segueing into, you know, what we want to, the, the, the large focus or the overarching um, topic of, of, of discussion, which is entrepreneuring, right? But with the leadership, um, Element to it as mm-hmm. the leadership platform. So, what are, what are your what are your five points or key points or principles on authentic leadership? And now we're basing this on your your life story, mm-hmm. the, the the businesses you've, you've you've ran, what you aim to impart to the entrepreneurs that 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 are come to the hub and, and use the hub and use the the facilities, and in general the entrepreneurs that will be listening to this show. Okay. So the first one is responsibility. Okay. And where does the responsibility lie? I think what we're slowly noticing and what I'm slowly noticing is that there's a tendency by entrepreneurs to blame 
right? And there's a lot of support out there. And I will admit there is need for us to actually actively look at ways of improving the way in which we support entrepreneurs, the youth, and developing small businesses. But at some point in time, we have to realize there's need for a balance. The power and the responsibility does not lie with institutions that are there to support. It also lies with the entrepreneurs themselves. And people need to realize that when the president says, let's create jobs, he's not talking to his fellow government members. He's not talking to us as institutions that are there to support. He's not only talking to us. Sure. He's also talking to the entrepreneurs themselves. Hmm. So let's not look at trying to blame people and say, you should be giving me more money. You should be giving me this. structures and different things. Yes, The responsibility is also yours. Sure. What are you doing as the entrepreneur? So taking responsibility, I think, is a key element when it comes to being an, a leader within this space as an entrepreneur and across the board, actually, come to think of it. So that's the first That's one. the first one. Um, the second one would be humility. Okay. And I feel strongly about that. You know, when think about it, when people hear CEO, when they hear COO, people jump and say, Ooh, glamorous. glamorous. Sure. But when you're a CEO of a company, that doesn't mean that you don't do the grunt work at the bottom, does it? It means that you actually have to take the full organization and do what is necessary at that point. Sure. So I feel strongly about people realizing the importance of being humble enough to do the small stuff because the small stuff matters. And it's important people acknowledge that. And when they do make the decision to become an entrepreneur, it's not going to be glamorous. I feel very strongly about highlighting the fact that most people who get into this space will tell you it's not glamorous in the beginning. So it's important for people to realize, do the small stuff. So that's another point that I feel strongly in relation to entrepreneurship is humility. Sure. Um, now, this one is Probably rhetoric um, a lot of time, but I feel strongly about it as well. And okay. I've seen it is lead by example. Okay. You know, you as the boss hold people accountable to a number of things. Come to work on time, dress in this way. But you find it that the boss feels that they not cannot be kept to the same standards that sure, they're telling sure, others. Sure. So be accountable to the same principles that you tell others to do. And it means you actually, if you say come to work at 4 o'clock because we've got this to do tomorrow, yeah, be there at 3.30, lead by example. And it's easier said than done, honestly, sure. because you've got the option of not doing it because you're the boss you're the and boss, telling yeah. everyone to do mm-hmm. But you'll be surprised the culture that you're able to develop within your organization if they realize that if I, if I as an employee am not going to do it, my boss will do it. Sure. Right. And that sets a culture within an organization that is very stimulating and you're not going to have to push people all the time. Mm. So humility, lead by example is a, is a good point. Mm-hmm. Is that, are you happy with that one? <laughs> Let me go to the next I one. I am. Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd ask, how is that applicable to you in the space that you're in? What's, well, what's one thing that you can, one thing that I can, okay, so mention, I'll be, I'll yes. mention. I'm, I'm very particular about being on time. Okay. Tardiness for me is a big issue. I think it links to a number of things. So when I tell my team we need to be at work by 8 o'clock, I try by all means to be the one who's there at 7.30. Sure. Right. I want to lead by example because I can't set a rule that does not only that only applies to my employees and doesn't but apply not to me. To you. And if I say humility, let's, ha- let's be humble about things. Right. I will be humble as well. I'm willing to carry around the table even if I have the title. Of CEO, but what, if what's required is to carry a table from point A to point B because that's what's needed to get things done, 
I'll do it. You want to do that? I'm going to do it. Hmm. Now, most people say, really, Tav? <laughs> I'll let you probably have a conversation with my team and see what they think. Probably I'm naive and I'm not necessarily <laughs> doing that. But I'd like to believe that's the type of culture that I'd like to build. Hmm. Um, any Penultimate one? Oh, yes. My last one. All right. Uh, you're putting me in the spot, man. <laughs> um, all right. So I think the other thing is the ability to listen. Okay. Now, when you're in a position of power, you've always got a tendency of wanting to give people advice. Have you ever asked yourself, maybe the best thing sometimes is just to stop and listen to what people are telling you hmm. and think about things before you actually respond, even though the expectation from the person who's looking at you is that give me advice. Hmm. It's okay as a leader to not know. Hmm. Right? Hmm. Actually, it's probably better that you say, I actually don't know, and then set people in the right direction or finding the right direction instead mm. of saying, this is what you're going to do when you're not sure about that. Mm. Mm. So the acknowledgement on your part as a leader to say, I don't know, and because I don't know, I'm going to work with you to try and figure out a solution to whatever the issue is. I think is. it was Albert Einstein that said, the beauty about truth is the quest for it, but not mm -hmm. the position of exactly. it. Exactly. Because that, that sense of arrogance and that sense of, I know mm -hmm. it, 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 it creates a, a barrier and, yes. and, and it opens an understanding gap between the people that you are leading mm -hmm. and you yourself as a leader. Yes. Because everything has to come from you. Yes. It, 100%. It, it, and it can't be a conversation, right? Yeah, it can't be. Within the, com the company culture because mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a one way traffic. You mm -hmm. were saying, you were saying, you yes. were saying, and but you you're not receiving any feedback. And you don't give the opportunity for people to show what their worth is. Sometimes the ability to say, I don't know, facilitates someone to come up with a great ah, idea that you have never thought ah, of. Ah, so it ah. gives an opportunity for others to make a contribution that could probably have been a hundred times better than your contribution. Mm, 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 That's mm. probably the five. So it grooms people within the organization to be leaders themselves. Yes. The idea is you as a leader are grooming other leaders. So it's important for us to realize that your role is not to lead in isolation. Sure. Be a continuous leader forever and ever, amen, because at some point in time, you're not <laughs> going to be there. And then what happens? Sustainability yeah. of whatever organizational platform requires a success plan, and that requires for you to build a team of leaders. And, and, and when you are in absence, then people can be able to take over from you. Yes. Isn't that so? I think, you know, let's, let's put it to you this way in relation to businesses. Small businesses, when you're running a small business, there's a change from income generation to wealth creation. Income generation is where you've got a business and you're just basically creating a job for yourself. Sure. But you're going to have to go to work every single day. Hmm. Wealth creation is where now you've detached yourself from the business. The business still operates as if you were there, but you're no longer there hmm. and you're still generating an income when you're not necessarily there. Hmm. That is wealth creation. That's what a business is. And you can then eventually sell that to someone else because it's not dependent on you being in the equation. Hmm. It can operate without you there. Very interesting. Uh, we're going to segue into introducing our second guest um, for the show. And, you know, last weekend, I, I guess I got a, a lot of opportunity to, to travel since I went to all these different places. And I, I, I found myself in um, Bramfontein at, at the heart of uh, Bram. And there's another exciting, this one is dedicated mostly to digital businesses. And it, it's, it's a very, very, very exciting space. It's the pads, the seating arrangements, the culture, the vibe, the space as well. It, it encourages creativity. One thing 
I think I liked the most was walking into one of the rooms where, where, where entrepreneurs get to sit. And I, I saw books on marketing. I saw books on, on, on PR management. On, on, on different topics that are very useful to, to, to entrepreneurs and representing the Chimolochong, um, incubation hub from Bramfundin is Kendall. Welcome to the show, man. Oh, Bugani, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, what a great show and what a great intro. Once again, like Ty just said, uh, you could actually join our sales team. <laughs> <laughs> You're good, huh? I've got yeah, two jobs. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to take you gentlemen on, on, on those offers. Cool. Okay. We should talk. We, we, we definitely. Oh, yes. <laughs> don't seem cheap. That's the problem. <laughs> so, 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 Kendall, um, like we did with, um, Tef, um, give us a bit of, uh, of backstory. Let's, let's get to know a bit about, uh, who Kendall is before we also highlight what is entrepreneuring rights, um, from your aspect. All right. Uh, it's a bit of a difficult one for me to try and uh, put in a nutshell, but, uh, considering the, the Ty was able to do it in the nutshell that he did, Look, I'm, I'm a kind of person who's, uh, who's always been interested in the human story. Okay. And specifically how, how it evolves depending on the environment that it finds itself in. Sure. And with that said, it wasn't just about the story that I was interested. It was about what happens with the story, how the story is narrated, how the story is mm. then retold to others. Sure. So, uh, the, the fact that I find myself at the Tsimlukhong Digital uh, Innovation Precinct is literally because of that. Uh, some people know me as a sports news broadcaster, and other people have known me as a project manager on big scale events. Okay. And uh, some now find me as the events and marketing manager at the Tsimlukhong Precinct. Sure. So that all of that, the golden thread that ties through all of that is my interest in making sure that the human story is told in a way that is going to be positive, uplifting, and actually captures all the dynamism that comes with what happened with the story. And uh, for example, um, working with uh, digital entrepreneurs right now, it's one of the things that I find most exciting about life right now because we complain a lot as human beings about sure. what happens uh, to South Africans from the economy to societal ills and where it's going to go, where it's been and so on. Here now I've got an opportunity to to be part of recreating and that narrative, that narrative sure. and pushing Johannesburg and with that. Uh, South Africa and the continent sure. into the 21st century, mm. kicking and screaming. Uh, that's literally <laughs> what we're working at, at yes. uh, being part of the digital ecosystem and help, helping digital entrepreneurs get into that space and get access to market, pretty much like Ty said. Mm. Now, getting into the the precinct itself, um, I'd, I'd like you to take me and our listeners um, through basically the the inside the precinct. Right. Well, you covered a lot of it. One of our things is that we actually based in Bramfontein. Sure. We're based in pretty much the heart of the city and we uh, two, three blocks away from uh, the main campus of VETS. So we are by, by branding and by positioning, we're a, a university based incubator. I see. And we deal directly with digital entrepreneurs. Those are, I think, are the three most important things that we're in, a, in Bramfontein that we're linked to VITS and that we work with digital entrepreneurs. With that said, we have, uh, we have 
within our precinct, uh, seven buildings. Um, the one building is an entire block where we base most of our, uh, most of our work. I work out of this particular, uh, building where we have co-working space, very fast internet, uh, <laughs> lots of really good coffee, um, and, and great innovative spaces where people can either drop in to have like, you know, quick meeting or work for two, three hours and then bounce and then come back. Also, we have co-working entrepreneurs that actually stick around and have joined the Tsimilhong Precinct as members. And they've got the opportunity to, to get access to different types of events, mentorship programs, uh, keynote speech, uh, speeches, as well as uh, mentorship uh, by being there. That's And we also have, very important for a lot of people to know, uh, one of the only two IBM research labs on the continent. One's wow. in Nairobi and one's right here in, uh, in Juta Street uh, in, uh, as part of our precinct. Um, the famed AI Watson is uh, is also based there. So so we've wow. got that. Okay. Other part of our precinct is two other buildings. One is the Skills Dev Center, where we have uh, work done where we uh, teach um, school leavers uh, development uh, like computer development skills, COBOL, Java, C Sharp. Uh, get them to become upskilled in what's become a very necessary skill mm. in uh, uh, 4.0 industry 4.0, which is where we live, and that's why we all here, right? Sure. Uh, the other one we've got has got a maker space, uh, maker space where we've got um, 3D printers and uh, all of our inventors work out of that space. Uh, they do a lot of work with uh, with different companies, uh, progressing AI, VR, and Sheesh. and so on and so forth. And we've also got a very interesting collaboration that we've got uh, with the innovation hub, uh, Maxim Digital. The gamers are based; some of them are based in in our precinct. So okay. these are people that develop. Games, wow. make games, and uh, they work out of there. Something very important, which I forgot, is uh, an interaction that we've got with eGov, a very strong partnership we've got with uh, provincial government, where we do stress testing for a lot of their systems. But I can tell mm. you more about that a little later. That's also based in uh, precinct. Okay, I mean, we might as well just just get talk into about it the, one yeah, time. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, let's start there. The eGov, uh, the eGov. Uh, Collaboration that we've got is something that's actually, it's one of the, I think one of the foremost public private partnerships that exist in, in this particular space. Not because I say so, but because we just won a gold award, uh, the uh, provincial gold award, the premier's gold award for a public private partnership because of the work we've done with eGov. So our development and validation center, we call it the DAV center, uh, they've been working very closely with eGov with stress testing programs. Uh, the most, uh, most well documented one being, um, MEC Banyaz Ali Sufi's, uh, drive to move, move, um, move registration to online. So you will remember that the very first year there were challenges, there were major challenges sure. that were experienced across the board. Yes. Uh, then, I think a conversation was had where it was then decided to actually put all of that through stress testing that we're doing through our DAV Center. And since then, 2017, 2018, smooth transitions, smooth transitions, no challenges. And that's just the most famous example that we've got of that kind of partnership. So, uh, so literally what we try and do, like I said, is we try and make sure that like we get and push Joburg into the 21st century, sure. into the forefront of where digital least needs to be uh, by working closely with the partners that we've got, in this instance them, as well as with the blue chip companies that, that, that come on board, uh, which could be, which are the likes of um, Microsoft, IBM. Uh, we've got a very strong partnership with Airports Company South Africa mm-hmm. and quite like this particular, uh, this, quite, this particular partnership because they're putting their money where their mouths are. 
they literally uh, they have committed to taking on board the solutions that come of, out of their interaction with the entrepreneurs that work through our space. There's a hackathon that's currently on the go. It's about um, access, uh, on basically a single point access, online access that they're working mm. through. And they've committed that if there's a solution that comes out of the hackathon, we just did the boot camp this last weekend, they will seriously consider taking it on and uh, taking on the, the entity or the individual into their business, either uh, by buying the solution or finding a way uh, to include them in what they to do. position them in. So there's, there's plenty of um, opportunities for a lot of young um, entrepreneurs to and just skilled um, yeah, absolutely. millennials to, to, to go into these uh, blue chip companies and there is, and that's that's for us, if I may, that's one thing that we try and make sure we do. We try and make sure that we create access to market because we believe that the whole uh, CSI skills development uh, tick box, that check box, we would really like to get into a space where we're uh, reimagining that entire process hmm. where it's not just about uh, ticking a box as a blue chip or a corporate. It's actually literally about seeing it through to the end where we've created uh, that economy that everybody keeps talking about, where we've actually empowered entrepreneurs to mm. operate in that space mm. where they've got mm. your backing, mm. they've got the university's backing, they've got the, the city's backing, you know, the community's backing as well. Hmm. How, how do entrepreneurs then access the space? Well, anybody is welcome to come through. In fact, we, we encourage people to come just to drop by for a visit. So thanks for coming through. <laughs> uh, I'll be sure to look out for you next time so you can Definitely. get you some of our famed coffee and muffins. Um, <laughs> anybody and everybody is welcome. Um, in fact, if I you as well, I'd really like for you to come through. So you can also come through when I come through to Riverside and see what's going on there because we're literally almost diametrically opposed in terms of like our physical space. Sure, out sure. In the countryside. I, was, I was about to point that out as well. Sorry, I yeah. took your no, 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 that's, that's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Both of you've got silky smooth voice, and you want to take over my show, so it's fine. Oh, sorry about that. No, that was, <laughs> and I've got a cold, by the way. No, no, but I was just going to say, for us, it's really important to be in the same space as River Sands because we don't believe that even if River Sands were city-based, that we're in competition with each other. I think that's one thing that we want to make sure that it's, it's clear to ourselves as a, as a as a group of people that work, sure. as well as to the entrepreneurs that come and work with us and through us, uh, that we're part of the ecosystem. The ecosystem is so big. The pie is so Every, big. Everyone there's, has a place. There's so many people that need this kind of assistance sure. that we cannot say the book is full, that we need to fight over space. Sure. I, I think just to add on to that, I think the one thing that's becoming very clear is that we are not saying that if an individual is part of our program, they can't be part of they can't any other program. program. I think it would be naive on our part to assume that we can offer everything for everyone. Yes, yes. I think there's a certain portion that can be our responsibility sure. and another portion that's on the other uh, other entity's uh, responsibility. So it's hmm. important that people realize that it's not the olden day where if you're part of this program, you can only be part of this program. Yeah. That's not the case. Hmm. Five thoughts on what authentic leadership is And obviously at the backdrop of that We're thinking about the stuff that you're doing With Chimolokong um, uh, Precinct And with some of the lessons that you've learned I mean progressing in, in your career And in doing business with clients First up, as a, as a preamble to the five points, if I might, uh, <laughs> okay, would be, okay. we'd be, we definitely believe in uh, what Tafazo has brought to, the, uh, to bear as well On this conversation Is sure. that uh, you can't Mentor entrepreneurs if you haven't been an entrepreneur yourself. Oh, okay. Uh, you can try. Sure. Uh, you can certainly try, 
but you might find that you fall short in terms of empathizing with them on on certain things that are just like you, know, you, you soft, don't understand because don't you've understand. never been in the situation. You've not been in the situation. You sure. haven't walked a mile in their shoes. Sure. And 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 that's what I really appreciate about what 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 Tafadza said as well. Because for me, it's quite quite important that you I am empathetic to to how a person's experience uh, pans out in their life. You know, sure. they, they put in their lenses and what happens there. Mm. So I think that's very important to start with in terms of uh, how one can deal with that space and how one can deal effectively in that space as a mentor, as a leader. I myself have not started businesses, but I uh, I think the longest I've ever spent in any one place where I was working. And even then, was I was a contractor, it was five years. Hmm. Um, I'm now in my fourth industry. Um, by that, I mean completely different, completely shifted from what I used to do, purely because I enjoy the challenge. Um, I, I quite like the, the fact that, you know, there's, I've got a blank canvas every time I start, <laughs> and I'm always learning. Yes. You know, my spirit is always being renewed and, and so on as I go along. And I'm finding that that creates, that creates a, a strong sense of empathy for different things like lifting tables and, and picking up dishes and getting involved with the dirty work, even though I'm, I'm one of the executive, uh, team members of, of Tim Luchong. That means nothing, but it's really important to somebody else to see, you know what? It's being done. I can jump in as well. Sure. That's the first thing. The other thing that's really important to me, I made a couple of notes here just in case I forgot, which I have already <laughs> is being accountable. Okay. Okay. To yourself as well as to others. So uh, I need to know that when I am taking something on or when I've uh, received uh, a request, I need to acknowledge that it's a request has been made of me and I need to account to myself for what did I do it? Did I do it to the best of my ability? Sure. Did I do it uh, as fast as humanly possible or with as much excellence as I can, as I can put together? Sure. I need to account to that. And with that, I then would be expecting the same of my team members. Sure. And fortunately for us, our CEO, uh, Leslie Williams, who started in, in August and is quite a big player in the incubation field. I think she first, she started the first, uh, co-working space in South Africa, for example. Um, that she's now a CEO. Uh, she's put together a team of people who demand that of each other. You know, be mm. excellent. Mm. You're here for a reason. Mm. You've got a blank slate. Be excellent. Be you. Mm. Um, and we, we push each other that way. And that's, that, that I think is very important about striving for excellence at every turn. Hmm. Um, then I would say in terms of the other, what's well, three more I've got? Hey, it's about being ethical. Okay. And, um, I suppose it, it kind of links to being accountable, but being ethical, I think, is one of those key, key important things that if you've got a core where you, a core of yourself that you understand and it makes making decisions, even the really difficult ones, it makes them a lot easier because then you can sleep with yourself. You can sleep at home. You can close your eyes and be comfortable. Sure. Um, and then I would say, uh, then be consistent as well. I think that's uh, also very important, which ties in with all others. As you can tell, there's a, there's a thread that I, I think, uh, works for, any one person who's a mentor and a leader in any one in any field where you're working with startups, who there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of doubt, True. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of walls uh, to a lot of walls, a lot of hurdles to jump, sure. a lot of no's, it doesn't work, that's crap. But we need to know that as I'm speaking to someone and giving them uh, what I think is the right way, uh, I am being consistent and not how you look or how you, how you how you put it together. And last but not least is the fail fast, learn fast. Okay, that is really important. And fail fast, learn fast is really, it's, it's, it's about, you know what, the times when you come with like with a, the really hot idea, or you get to a point when you realize, you know what, this is not it. Or I'm not meant to be an entrepreneur. That's okay. Yeah. That really is okay sure. not to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody's built to be a risk taker. Sure. Not everybody's built to not want to have a comfortable salary that they can expect at the end Security of the month. Security. Exactly. And yes. And that also changes over one's life. Hmm. So be okay with change any which way. Hmm.
do, do you mind if I just come in come on in, something? There's in, something in. that he just raised that I think is a pretty important. There needs to be a paradigm shift in terms of how people see leadership. Okay. Right? And the way I look at it is this. When you're a leader, who are you working for? Hmm. If you're the boss, who are you working for? Hmm. The one way I always tell my, my team is, I actually work for you, right? Hmm. Because when you say, I need A, B, C, D to get this stuff done, in actual fact, who am I working for? I'm working for you, hmm. right? So people see leadership as a top-down approach all the time. Yes. It's not the always type top-down. Yeah. It can be a bottom-up approach. So sometimes hmm. there's need for your team to also manage you as well. Hmm. It's called managing up. Hmm. Right. So we have to see that it's it's an ecosystem whereby we are all dependent on each other. Sure. My employees or my team is dependent on me doing my job well to ensure that they have a job. Hmm. Right. And vice versa as well. So the way we see leadership needs to start shifting. And I think it comes from both parties, those who are currently leaders and those who are progressively looking at becoming leaders and not necessarily leaders right now. That element of accountability needs to be so solid inside us, right, that we realize that it's not just about me being the boss mm. all the time. Let me, let me throw a spanner into the wheels. And Simon Sinek wrote a very powerful book, uh, Start With Why. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start with why now. What is your why's and how and why is that important to you individually because then the entrepreneurs and everyone that's listening and that's going to listen will get a sense of why it's important to start with why wow that's a it's beautiful (laughs) beautiful beautiful but complicated i'll tell you why it's a beautiful question sure because it goes to the heart of everything and everything one does. Sure. Now, because of my experience of having jumped around, um, and actually it hasn't really been a jump around. It's been, it's been a natural progression into different industries. Okay. It's because the why has been the same all the time for me. And the why is literally because I'm about putting Africa where it belongs. Mm. We have been consumers of tech, digital innovations for eons. We're now living in the year 2018, and we've got people like Elon Musk, South African. South African, yes. Sending, sending his car to Mars. And by 2024, he's planning to actually colonize Mars. Um, the last time we'd heard about somebody doing such great stuff was when Mark Shuttleworth came up with Thought, right? Mm-hmm. Many years ago. The reality is there are hundreds, if not thousands, of other South Africans and Africans that have similar ideas, similar innovations within their grasp, they just don't have the opportunity either to pivot their ideas or get the mentorship they need or just the access they need. Hmm. And the straight, honest, uh, to, to a straight, honest truth about what is right and what's wrong with their thing. And that for me is the why. Hmm. I am here speaking to you and working with Simulu Hong because I need to be part of getting Africans into the space where we belong, where we're not just consumers, but we're creators, we're innovators, eventually for ourselves, eventually to the next for the world. Hmm. Wow. How can I top that? Um, (laughs) You just set the bar. (laughs) No, but honestly, on my end, I think uh, there are a number of reasons, but the re- the why on my end wow it's multifaceted multidimensional but if i was to try and br- bring it all together is because we can do better mm. right yes. um i think we need to start looking at ways of redefining success mm. as 
South Africans as Africans generally. There's an element where we are dependent on philosophy or dependent on the way the Western world thinks dictates. and dictates sure. to a large extent. Sure. And I feel there's need for us to start changing the way in which we see the world and seeing that we can now set the direction for ourselves mm. and define what mm. success means to mm. us. I mean, I'll give you a very practical example. And it's a stupid example, but I'll give you a practical example. Change the way we see and define success. Right now, if you're successful, the car you drive is important, right? But we need to start going above that and realize that success needs to be defined in a different way, in an African way, mm. the way we mm. want it to be, and not have a situation where our future is dictated by parties that have no idea who we are. Mm. Boom. Help the entrepreneurs understand what a liability and an asset is. Mm-hmm. That a lavish life is a liability. It's not an asset. And how do you aim to be successful in any regard if that's the kind of mentality that you that, that, that you have? Just one thing I'd like to add to what the father said just now. Sure. We, we've recently had one of our entrepreneurs being incubated through one of our programs come back from Paris. Hacking Paris was the theme mm-hmm. uh, where he, he, he pitched his idea to high net high net worth individuals who represent different companies like Orange Telco, for example. And his idea is simple. It's it's actually it's a solution for South Africa. Okay. Uh, a high cost, low income economy. That's where a solution fits. Hmm. It's a medical credit card. So literally, it's a credit card for low cost, low low income earners. Mm-hmm. Okay, ten thousand, eleven thousand rand a month. If you can imagine, like if you if you get ten thousand rand a month in in this economy, that we, if you got medical expenses halfway through the month, like now, let's say what's the date? Nineteenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nineteenth of March. You've paid everything. You've got the petrol covered, or you've got your bus ticket. The kids are in school. They've got food. You know that's all there. The new shoes were bought. It's now winter. The raincoat's there. <laughs> Medical expense comes up unexpected. It's the 19th of March. Your kid is really ill. You're really ill. What do you do? Because yeah. you used up the money. Sure. You, you ask a relative. They try and help you out. You ask a friend. Uh, maybe they think, ah, oh, you Worst got case stories. Worst scenario, you go to shock. Um, there we go. Loan shock. Well, here's a medical card that's available for that. So it works like a credit card. You cannot use it for anything else other than, other than medical expenses. Hmm. So you can't buy shoes with it. You can't buy food with it. Other things that you do need. But that's exactly what happens. And he's just uh, spent time uh, pitching in, in Paris. And uh, it is a South African solution created for the South African market, which you can't cut and paste from a Nordic country or from Canada. You can't because they, 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 there's, no, there's no understanding of, of why would you need a credit card for low, low income earners? They can't afford it. Well, they can because everybody has got medical expenses at some time or another. Hmm. So it's one of those things that you just mentioned mm. that's exactly where we need to be and helping those digital entrepreneurs become successful wow yeah you yeah, can you know you know you, you got me started here so <laughs> I, i'm trying to figure out i think i've got the wrong crowd around me but anyway so you know just on my end the last thing i'll say on this particular point is sure. link it to leadership is the ability to challenge the status quo ah is a big big aspect okay um we must be able to look beyond what is Right in front of our faces. So we've got a tendency of using big words, you know, like um, innovation. And and normally, what does that mean to us? So innovation to to a lot of people, and let's be honest, as Africans, generally innovation, we think of Facebook. We think of Uber. You're disruptive type things. But can't we start redefining the way in which we see things, the way in which we define things? Innovation could be the way in which you actually sell your product sure. in comparison to another particular individual in the market. Mm. And let's start looking at these things, not from a very broad perspective in terms of how it's been dictated to us, 
but starting to challenge the status quo and saying why. So curiosity is a big thing. Sure. Why are we saying this is how things should be? Mm. In actual fact, it shouldn't be that way. Maybe it should be that way. Mm. And mm. let's have arguments and debate about these issues instead of just accepting things the way they are right now because that's the way things have been done all, mm. all the time. Shift, shift our idea of what the status quo is because when you question the wrong status quo, you create solutions for the wrong exactly, markets. Yeah. But the debate, yeah. the actual fact is it's the debate about it. Sure. Even if you do challenge the wrong status quo, it prompts a conversation. I would say that uh, challenging the wrong status quo help happens seldom if one is being true to what the situation is. I see, yes. Because uh, you'll find, you know that, that uh, old adage, uh, what is it, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Mm-hmm. That holds true as true today as it did back when it was created. A lot of people need solutions to challenges they face in everyday life. Sure. The solutions that come out of it, uh, the way to package and put those solutions out will always be relevant to one situation. Okay. People don't go about creating solutions for, for pie in the skies. Sure. And <laughs> no, the, the reason I say that is to deal with the possible, the, the question that there's that possibility. Sure. We in South Africa where we live, live in two worlds, you know, we, on an online radio station, which is accessible uh, only to a small part of the populace of South Africa. Sure. Uh, there are hundreds and thousands of people who do well to be here in this conversation who will not have access to it, even in the podcast version. Sure. That's the country we live in. Mm-hmm. And we believe, uh, and you can hear from Tafata saying, we believe that solutions that come out of in, in, uh, industries uh, that are born of countries like this, mm-hmm. they're seldom, if ever, about pies in the sky. Sure. They're about the real mm-hmm. deal, what's happening on the ground, what affected me last week, and that's why I need to find a way. Sure. And and what responsibility do we have then, or you as, as, as leaders and mentors of young entrepreneurs, in terms of guiding the dialogue, in terms of sometimes everyone wants to invent a Facebook when there's people in Kukule too that don't have access to clean water. And we could be looking into that instead of trying to make a Facebook in an age where data expenses in South Africa are very high. And it's irrelevant when a large population are still at the periphery of, you know, um, that niche that's, that's serviced by what you want to, what, what you want to innovate and create. Wow. Uh, you know, the, Look, there's many facets to this particular issue, right? For me, the first thing that pops into my mind is the culture that we have. We've got a very consumer-orientated culture. Sure. So the reason why we go into business generally or want to start a business is because we want to be the next big thing, Mm, right? mm. And the big thing and fame. So fame and money are big things right now, and rightly so. I mean, who am I to say that shouldn't be the case? But let me give you a practical example of when I see there being a problem from a practical perspective. Sure. When people start businesses, right? You're starting a business because you want to make a lot of money. Hmm. Where are your priorities? Where are your priorities? Sure. Some people start businesses, I would like to assume, the ones that I see really, really doing well are starting the business because they want to create something that's of value. Mm. The money is a byproduct as a result of their passion and their curiosity in putting something together that's of real value to the context in which they're trying to Mm. live in or solve, whatever the issue may be. Mm. So 
I think the culture that we have as a people generally is so consumer oriented. It's about fame. It's about money that, of course, someone is going to go to the Facebook and Uber route because they want to be the next Mark Zuckerberg million and a billionaire. But running a business, some people say, look, I'm not running a business to become a billionaire. I'm running a business because I just want to make enough money to look after myself. Mm -hmm. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. In actual fact, the economies that are run by people who are not billionaires and are small, run some small businesses and able to look after themselves. Sure. Why are we all trying to be, yeah, why are we all trying to be the next billionaire, the next Bill Gates? And the perception out there with the, Celebrityville That's associated With the entrepreneurship That you are not An entrepreneur Unless you are Like Mark Zuckerberg mm. Unless you are this mm. It's interesting that, that you use Facebook As an example Because uh, we're currently In talks with Facebook We're going to be Paying a visit To South Africa Sometime soon uh, About actually Getting information to us Because a lot of people Who design apps Around Facebook Are designing apps Based on what Facebook Was 10 years ago Yeah they're not designing apps for Facebook on where it's going. Yes. Social media, it's as we know it, as we've known it, is changing at a rapid pace. Sure. And, and those, it's very interesting that you actually brought that up because at the same time, we have needs like people don't have potable water. They yeah. don't have, they don't have, uh, the basic stuff. The very basics. Hmm. You can't tell somebody to do something they're not passionate about. Hmm. You can create opportunities. Uh, you can create avenues, design sprints, hackathons, but if, a person, uh, an entity is not interested in designing water solutions, water waste solutions, uh, they're going to fail. And, and, you know, and rightly so. What, what does happen though is there needs to be an understanding that, uh, you know, the design sprints, the hackathons that the, 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 the private companies that, that different local governments and, and provinces put together, they are opportunities for those that do have an interest in uh, creating solutions for uh, Google Air 2 and their water situation sure. or for uh, Timbisa and whatever else they've got challenging in those, in those spaces. Though the people that are able to operate in those spaces and are interested will come, come to the fore. And that's been proven time and time again. Through the design sprints and hackathons that we've had uh, hosted at different uh, innovation hubs, incubation hubs across the country. Well, gentlemen, I wish we could spend the whole day, um, you know, hearing from you, imparting those pearls of wisdom. But um, because of time, we're going to have to cut the conversation short. But um, thank you very much for, for coming through to the leadership platform. And we value your time. We value um, all the information that you've imparted and hopefully everyone that's listening will be able to get a lot of value out of this going into starting businesses. And what's, what's, what's your website? Our website is uh, quite straightforward. If you speak Setswana, it's uh, www.tsimulohong.joburg. So it's Tsimulohong, T-S-H-I-M-O-L-O-G-O-N-G.joburg. Cool. And yours? Hopefully mine is easier. Um, <laughs> www. Okay, I'll start again since you guys were laughing. www.riversandsihub.co.za. Everything you can access from there. Awesome. Thank you very much for tuning into the Youth Leadership Platform with Bongani Tao. And as per usual, at Simply Bongani on Twitter, Instagram, and every other social media platform. At YLP Cliff Central on Twitter and Instagram. And Youth Leadership Platform on Facebook. This is CliffCentral.com.